I am deeply, profoundly honored to speak to you today, and I am grateful. There may not be a long story tradition of Lutheran Sikh dialogue, <laughs> but no matter, we share some things in common. Lutheran and Sikh spiritual roots were being laid down around the same time in the 1500s. Five centuries ago, on two different continents, Martin Luther and Guru Nanak were both trying to figure out what God wanted of them and from them. Guru Nanak, the founder of the Sikh tradition, sought to answer that question not by looking up, but out. Looking out for God's signs, he saw flora, fauna, and provisions for life's persistence. He wrote of being enthralled by the migration patterns of birds and asked, who cares for them on their journey? He wondered how many worlds there are beyond this one for the great caretaker to care for. He concluded that the only way to give back to the one who invented photosynthesis is to identify with the lowest of the low and to serve. For, he says, where the lowest are cared for, there God's grace already showers down. Guru Nanak was a farmer who cared for his land and whose wheat provided the bread for the early Sikh community. His compositions provide agricultural metaphors of sustenance. He writes, the mind is the plow, and in your actions, tend to the crop that is your body. Seed the Lord's name, level your land with contentment, and fence your field with humility. A fence of humility, a wall of meekness, a place where the lowest are cared for, a container for divine grace. This world existed before us humans and our lives are a blink of the eye of geological time. We have been provided with sustenance. So long as we reap from that bounty, we are responsible for caring for the earth in which we sow our hopes, dreams, and futures. To neglect that responsibility would be to invite the self-infatuation that, that in Guru Nanak's mind is at the root of human depravity. For the great provider provides the example of benevolence to which we ought strive. We ought not wait for grace to fall on us. We ought not shy away from going to those places that are already low, where there is the greatest need, and find the grace already there. We ought to participate in the work that is asked of us from there. That is how Guru Nanak asks us to respond to the great sustainer, to be vehicles for sustenance. And yet, it's very hard. It's very hard work to be a vehicle for sustenance. It's very hard work to care for the low. I am not one capable of such work. There are others here far more capable and more caring. 
I have my own lowly and needy to care for. In particular, me. The low and needy in me is on the outs with God. The psalmist compares being on the outs with God to living in the underworld. Being on the outs with God is like living in the pit. I know the pit well. It's a low spot. It's a low place. I carry the pit around inside of me. To admit to being low and on the outs is not something we are encouraged in our world today to be upfront with, no matter the promise that the meek are the blessed. The alveoli are those lowest places in our lungs where our blood finally captures the oxygen from our breath. But where are the spots in our beings where our spirits are nourished. When I'm in my lowest spots, sometimes it's not necessarily Guru Nanak who I hear first. Sometimes it's that great sage of ancient China, Lao Tzu, who writes about water finding its own way to the lowest point. He writes that in order to be models for society, we should seek to be like ravines and valleys not boulders or mountains. Or sometimes it's Ravadas who I hear, the outcast tanner and poet from the 1400s from India, who writes about the pain of being so low in social status that people found his very presence defiling. He wrote, Someone whose touch offends the world you have enveloped with yourself. It is the lowly that my Lord makes high. He does not fear anyone at all. Sometimes who speaks to me is that 20th century American sage known as Janis Joplin, who sang about freedom being just another word for nothing left to lose. I think what I'm trying to get at is that 500 years after Guru Nanak sang his saintly songs, I stand here as much my guru's disciple as I am my mama's son, asking what God wants of me. I am called to teach all the world's religions. And some days, none, not even my own, have easy answers for me. Some days I hear the psalmist crying out from the pit. Sometimes I find my way down like water into gravity's pull, into Lao Tzu's observations. I try to sow good deeds in the body of my being, and I try to hope, and I try to wait. Waiting, hoping, or sometimes all I got. in that place of total abandon, in that pit from where I cry out and where there is nothing, I wait for grace. Some days, it seems, I am certain about nothing more than how low I really am. 
and I have nothing left to lose. There is a place inside of my heart where I am not a white-collar professor or a son or brother or husband. There is a place where I am neither my alma mater's alum or even a Sikh. There is a place deep inside where I am alone with darkness. And from that place I ask, is this where God will find me? Is this the place where I am truly free? Perhaps our lowest places are where we can begin to have real faith. For Martin Luther, faith was a paradoxical thing. A spirit alive in faith is totally free and perfectly enslaved. I leave you today not with a triumphant message. I leave not with a happy ending. I want to leave you from the low place. Because from the low place, the pit, there is only up to go. Is there a place like that inside of you? And if so, are you a Lutheran in that place? Or a Catholic? Or Jew? Or Hindu? Or Muslim? Are you an American in there? What race do you belong to in there? Or, in your heart's darkest chambers, are you simply alone? Perhaps we would not be so alone in our own low places if, perhaps, we could awaken to the grace of encountering one another there. Amen.